I'm pretty sure I've told this story recently, so I'll keep it short. Um, I mean, I think of an early onset of Alzheimer's, so maybe not. But back in the day, uh, back in the 90s when I was in college, I had some expensive pirated software on my personal computer in my dorm room. Now I justified it because the electrical engineering computers with the software uh, that, uh, that the computers had, uh, those computers with the program were across campus. And I was too lazy to walk all the way across campus. So uh, one Thursday after hearing a sermon and a homily, I became convicted that I needed to remove the pirated software from my computer. As soon as I did so, my broken computer monitor worked miraculously starting from that point forward. In the first read from the Acts of the Apostles, Peter is standing up with the rest of the Apostles and proclaims Jesus Christ. St. Luke records that when the people heard Peter's proclamation of Jesus Christ, they were cut to the heart. So when Peter and the Apostles, so they asked Peter and the Apostles, what should we do? Peter tells them to repent and be baptized. Now most of us here are ba have been baptized, but have we repented? When was the last time you went to the sacrament of reconciliation? Yes, you receive the Holy Spirit on the day of your baptism. You have an indelible mark on your soul, marking you as a son or daughter of God. But how big is the fire of the Holy Spirit in your soul? Is it an ember fire, barely, just barely there? Or is it a raging bonfire with ten-foot flames? Or is it somewhere in between? Peter ends his exhortation by saying, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. I would say this is still true. Our bishop, Bishop Robert Barron, would remind us that we need to engage the generation, that we need to engage the culture, but not succumb to the corrupt philosophy of relativism, the idea that nothing is absolutely true, that the only truth is what I declare to be true for myself, the idea that there is no universal, no objective truth. But as Catholics, we believe otherwise. Another objective truth is that I'm not very good with pets. When I was about three or four, I had a pet guinea pig. When it was about to die, it jumped out of its cage and went somewhere to hide to die. At least that's what I was told was typical of guinea pigs. But it could have just been something my parents said, you know, to make um, that your parents say to kids when they can't handle the full truth. Later, my youngest sister had a pet rabbit. We were told that you could train a rabbit. However, despite being trained, we still found uh, poop pellets and pee in corners of the house on a regular basis. So this is the extent of my experience of animals. We didn't really live on a farm, we lived in town. We had no dogs or cats growing up. Although I spent a couple of years as an adult living with my friend and his wife and their three cats. I have come to conclude that cats are evil and are constantly planning mischief. So I have no real context when Jesus and others uh, in the Bible, other authors of the Bible, start talking about sheep and shepherds. However, when I read Bible commentaries, they say that sheep are simple creatures, that they are followers, and if they have no one to lead them, they tend to wander around. Peter, in the second reading today, says that we are like sheep who have gone astray. 
But now they have returned to the shepherd and guardian of their souls. Have you ever thought of Jesus this way? That Jesus is the shepherd and guardian of your soul? St. Peter says that Jesus suffered and died on the cross to bear our sins. Why did Jesus do this? St. Peter says so that we may be free of our sins and live for righteousness. St. Peter says that Jesus' wounds are heal us of our sin and failures. Jesus' death and resurrection has set us free, free from our sins and failures. We are now free not to do what, uh, what, we, what we want, but to live a life of virtue and holiness. And how do we do this? We do this by following our Good Shepherd, the same one who died for our sins and rose that we might have life. Throughout today's Gospel reading, Jesus talks about thieves and robbers. He says they come to steal, slaughter, and destroy. The thief who wants to do this is Satan. It is Satan and his minions, the fallen angels, the demons, who want to steal our joy, slaughter the life we have in Jesus Christ, and destroy our relationship with our Creator. This is what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden, and this is what he still wants to do today. Satan is like the creepy, significant other that tells you they know what is better for you than your own parents who have known and loved you a lot longer. But this is the history of fallen humanity starting with Adam and Eve. We are, we are like teenagers who refuse to listen to their parents, listen to the ones who, who love them. Jesus says that the sheep know his voice. Is that true? Do we know Jesus' voice? Do we spend time in prayer, not just talking, but listening? Most of us have never heard Jesus talk to them in an audible way. I haven't. But many of us have heard God in the recesses of our souls. Who are we going to listen to? Are we going to listen to Satan who tells us lies about who we are and what we should be about? Or are we going to listen to God, our loving Creator? Again, Jesus is the Good Shepherd. Our responsorial psalm is from the famous Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul. Also at the end of our gospel reading in John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus says, I came so that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Jesus is the Good Shepherd. He leads us to truth, goodness, and beauty. He leads us to Himself. He leads us away from lies, slaughter, and destruction. He leads us away from Satan and his minions, the demons. He may not give us peace in our lives, but Jesus wants to give you peace in our hearts. He leads us to repose and restful waters. He leads us to a life of abundance. Again, do you know Jesus' voice? Do you spend time with Jesus in silent prayer? Do you ask him to reveal his plans for you, for that day, for that month, for that year, for your life? God wants you to thrive. God wants you to live life abundantly. To do this, we must follow the Good Shepherd. We need to follow Jesus Christ. We need to hear him and what the church teaches us, what our spiritual fathers tell us, and what we receive in prayer and from reading the Bible. Don't be a dumb sheep that doesn't follow the Good Shepherd. Don't wander around following other voices telling you what to do. 
I myself do that way too often. I act like a dumb sheep. I'm trying to do that less often. Instead, be a smart sheep. Follow Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd. Follow His voice. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, wants to lead you to green pastures, to an abundant life. Jesus is the gate to heaven. If we want to have life abundantly now and in eternal life, go through Jesus Christ. Follow Him, the Good Shepherd.